I'm glad that all of you are here today. <laughs> and also those who are joining us online. You know, it's different to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? To worship God together. Kaya sabihin mo sa katabi mo, I'm so happy. And if you're online, watching in YouTube and Facebook, kung may kasama ka, sabihin mo, I'm so happy doon sa katabi mo. Kung solo ka, sabihin mo pa rin, I'm so happy because I'm going to study God's Word. You know, last week, Pastor Ray shared a powerful message. He shared a powerful message in which it reminds us that it is in God's heart to reveal Himself to us. And the reason why He wants to reveal Himself to us is so that we will have an intimate relationship with God. And when we have intimate relationship with God, we'll be able to express right worship. And he beautifully summarized it by saying this statement. He said, God is the creator and the giver of life, the Holy One who triumphs over death and resurrects us to a new life. And the ultimate essence of this new life, take note of this, the ultimate essence of this new life is to worship God and to have an intimate relationship with Him. The reason why we are resurrected, why God gave us new life is so that we can have that intimate relationship with God and that we may worship Him with all our heart, mind, and soul. We know that God created man for fellowship and relationship. If you refer in the book of Genesis, since the creation, God's main intention of creating man is for fellowship and relationship. Interestingly, it's only God, it's only man that God formed with his hands. He does. The rest of his creation, he speaks. Let there be light. But notice how he created man. He formed them. Notice also how unique man is. He said, in the scripture said, he breathed onto them. And then, you get, and then it has life. No other creation where, no other creation God breathed on. Only man. And also, it's only man that God gave rules and commands. It's only God, it's only man that God gave will to make choices. And the reason why God made that is because He wants us to have relationship with Him. One aspect of when the Lord says we're going to make Him in, in our own image is because that's relationship aspect. And we know because of sin that relationship between God and man were broken. Man was cast away from the Garden of Eden and it symbolizes the broken relationship. It symbolizes that no more. But you know, if you study the scripture in the Old Testament, you'll see how the Lord, out of His mercy, out of His love, out of His grace, we have seen Him initiate. He's the one who initiated in reaching out on man. In reaching out, look what he's, he, he gave. He, he gave them the commandments to follow so that they will be holy and set apart. And when they're holy and set apart, then they can have that intimate relationship with God. 
And also God made a way to building the, uh, the tabernacle and the temple. What's the reason? Because of relationship and intimacy. In the New Testament, we see how God made a way to Jesus Christ. He sent the perfect sacrifice so that all of us whom He has restored in love can be redeemed and have that relationship restored to the Lord. And if you read the book of Revelation, it says here in Revelation 21 verse 3, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. If you look at it, it all boils down in having relationship with God. That intimacy. Kaya tanong mo sa katabi mo, in relationship ka ba? If you're joining us online, in relationship ka ba? May nag-react dito sa left side. Nagpalakpakan in relationship yan. The question is, are you in relationship? How's your status? Complicated? Confused? I don't know. Don't ask me. Is it complicated? How's your relationship with God? You know, to, to God, relationship is so important. That's why we are made for. That's why we are redeemed for. Why? That's why we have been rescued from our sin. So that we have that, have that relationship with Him once again. And so I believe the primary purpose of revival is this. The primary purpose of revival is the reawakening of our love and longing for God. I repeat it again. The primary purpose of revival, the main objective, the core, central core of revival is to reawaken our love and longing for God. R.E. David said in his book, I will pour out a spirit. He says here, revival manifests itself as a deep concern on the part of professing Christian regarding the shallowness and superficiality of their spiritual life. They become profoundly cautious of the poverty of the relationship with God, of their poverty, of their relationship with God, the standard of their moral lives, and their service for God. I highlighted there the poverty of their relationship with God. Revival all boils down of going back to our first love. That's the main point. And then the rest, the manifestation, the gifting, the growth, will naturally will follow. But the first thing that God wants to restore in our life is our relationship with Him. That's why today what we're going to speak on, and I've entitled this sermon, Longing for God. And we'll be reading from Psalm 63, verse 1 to 11. This is a very familiar verse. And I invite all of us to stand as we read Psalms 63, verse 1 to 11. Let's read together. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land when there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. 
Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fats and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult. For the mouths of liars will be stopped. Let us pray. Lord, here we are gathered once again to look upon your word. Lord, your servant is weak. It's only you that can illuminate your word clearly. So we come to you in humility, asking that you may illuminate your word in our hearts so that our love for you will be restored. I pray, Lord, as we look into your word, that you would strike in our heart so that we will be drawn to you, desire for you, long for you. Salamat, Panginoon, that we have this opportunity. But I pray that you just give us that stillness to hear your word clearly at this time as we look on your word. If you desire to encounter you today. So have your way, O oh Lord. Even those that are watching in YouTube and Facebook. I pray that you will speak to them. May they may make them so attentive to your word today. Salamat Panginoon for this day. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, this chapter can be divided into two parts. And there are some repeated themes. And just an overview of this chapter, there is a section where David was yearning and praying and longing for God. And you can see that in verse 1 and in verse 6. The idea is the same. David was yearning. In verse 1, he said, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. And in verse 6, he was crying out again. He said, I remember you upon my bed and meditates on your on you in the watches of the night. He was yearning. He was expressing his heart to the Lord. And then there's another theme that was repeated. Is A pattern here is remembrance of who God is. In verse 2 to 3a, he was remembering the glory, the power, and the steadfastness of the love of God. And then in verse 7 and 10, he, he's being, he remembered and recalled the mighty works of God. How he, God rescued him from his enemy. And the last section in verse 3 to 5 is his expression, his act of worship. He said, I will lift up my hands and now my lips will praise you. And then in verse 11, the king shall rejoice in God. So this is the, the overview of this Psalm 63. And many scholars agree that these psalms is a lament psalms. Ang lament talaga, he's opening his heart. 
he's crying out. Hindi siya yung joy use. May mga psalms na celebrative, mga celebration, pero ito is lamenting. He's, he's pouring out, expressing his emotion. He was lamenting. Why? The reason why he's lamenting is because David is away from his palace. Second, and the most important why he was lamenting is because he's far away from the tabernacle where he can worship the Lord. And where is he? He's running away. He's in the wilderness. If you look at your Bibles, you'll notice in the, the heading there where David is, if you refer to your Bible. He said there that David is in the wilderness of Judah. And the reason why he's in the wilderness of Judah, there's a scholar said the reason is this. One reason is King Saul was chasing him. We know King Saul is jealous towards David, so he wanted to kill him. So David ran away to the wilderness of Judah. A few scholars said that why David ran away to the wilderness is because of his son. He was being chased by his son. He was fleeing from his own son, see Absalom. As I look at this, I, I would agree more on Absalom. Because in verse 11, we have read there, the king will exalt. And the second thing, reason why I would agree with Absalom is because he already experienced being in the sanctuary. So probably he will already be a king and experienced to be in the worship in the, in the, the tabernacle. So is this the context? Now David is, in, is running away and he's in wilderness. And if you study the condition of wilderness, it looks like this. Ganyan ang wilderness. This is the wilderness of Judah. The exact one. When I, I do, did the study, this is the picture that they gave in the Bible encyclopedia. This is the wilderness of Judah. And, uh, and, and it, it, it's, it's remote. It is um, inaccessible. No one wants to go there. It's barren. There's lack of water. There's no good routes. Walang pathway. Walang daanan. You, you don't know where you would go. And, and tendency, you, you get loose on, on the way. And no one lives there. Who wants to live in, in this place? Taas kamay. Bibili kita ticket. No one wants to live here. You know, only those who are seeking refuge or are hiding would go to this place. Kasi walang maghahanap dyan. Yung may nagtatago, nandiyan nagtatago. Kung may utang ka, dyan ka magtago. Hindi ka hanapin dyan. And that's why David is there. He's running away and he was in the wilderness. And to David, wilderness is just a temporary place. That's not his real home. His real home is there. His wilderness this is just part of his journey of David. I would say like David, this wilderness represents the life that we are living today. There is similarity with the wilderness and the life that we are living today. Because the wilderness is just temporary. Our life today is just temporary. We are not meant to be here. We are not created for this place. We are created to be with God. Kaya temporary lang ito. Kahit kahit ang ganda ng sapatos mo, 
Temporary lang yan. Tingnan mo yung mata ng katabi mo. Kung totoong ano yan, eyelashes. Uso ngayon ng eyelashes. Temporary yan. Yan, nanonood dyan. Tingnan mo eyelashes mo. There are things in life that's temporary. David said, this is wilderness just temporary. This is not my home. We are living a life that's just temporary also. We are not, we are meant to be with God. This is not our home. Our home is with Him. John Bonyan said, a Christian life is like a person in pilgrimage. Just passing through this life. Going through this life. We're simply passing through. And also the similarity with the wilderness and life, you know, wilderness is harsh and tough. And many of you would agree with me that life is harsh and tough. We experience hardship. Who among you experience struggle in this life? We experience temptation. We experience destruction. At some time, we are so tired. A few days ago, a sister posted online. Sabi niya sa Facebook, I am tired. Ang daming nag-comment, sister ako din. Do you agree? We are tired. And at times, as we travel to this life, we go astray. Because we don't know the clear path. Like in the wilderness, there's no path. We need to know and discern the direction of God. There are moments in this journey of life, in this wilderness that we are in, we want to stop and just rest and not move at all. Don't want to move at all. I said, I want to give up. You see, this wilderness we are traveling, this life that we are going through will impact our mental, our emotional, or even our physical, but also a spiritual life. And David, in his text, in the, his writing, is aware of this. He compared the wilderness journey he had by the wilderness that he is happening in his heart. That's why he wrote, verse 1, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. He says here, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He is also journeying inside his heart. Deep inside his soul, he was lost, he was thirsty. And he's yearning, he's yearning for God's presence to fill him. He was honest enough to come to the Lord and cry out, Lord, I long for you. I need you. As I am here in this wilderness, all the more I need you, Lord. And I think the first thing we can learn here in relation to revival, as we experience authentic revival, we will, there is an awakening of yearning for God. Awakening of our way, yearning for God. Look at verse 1. He says here, Oh God, you are my God. 
earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. How many times did he use my? Three times there. It is personal to him. It is important to him. His walk with the Lord is personal. It's important to him. Sometimes we come to church when we receive message. Sasabihin natin sa katabi ko yan, hindi sa akin. But here, he recognized his need. It's personal to him. He looked at himself first. He said, my God, my soul, my flesh faints for you. And you also observe here in this text that he's disturbed. And there's a restlessness in his soul. For he desired to be close with the Lord. He longed for that intimacy. He longed for that fellowship with God. He is so desperate. And his desperation was described to be like a, a person who's so thirsty. Sino among is thirsty? Have you experienced to be so thirsty? Ngayon thirsty ako, inu muna ako. I am thirsty. Senyo? Thirsty. This thirst in his heart, he, he described his thirst for God like one who's so thirsty. And even as you look at this text in verse 6, he says here, when I remember you upon my bed and meditate you in the watches of the night. Sabi dito, his longing for God kept him awake. Alam yung kantang, hindi na makatulog. He keep on remembering because he desire for God. You know when you're in love, you can stay awake until 1 a.m., until 2 a.m., waiting for the message of that person. Iintahin mo, tulog na ba siya? Iniisip mo niya, 1 a.m., oo. Do you remember when you're in love? You'll be waiting for that love letter that you would, you will be waiting in your writing love letter and you're waiting anticipating. I remember when my mom and my dad worked here and we were there. My mom missed my dad so much and he would write, she would write in his journal. Tell me yung dear diary. And he expressed his longing to be with my to be my with my dad. And that's what's happening today. His worship, his relationship is real, and he loved to be in God's presence and he longed to be in his presence. What really amazed me here is that David is not the only person in the scripture who have this longing. Even the sons of Korah. He wrote this. They wrote this. As a deer pants for flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Sons of Korah, if you study their background, their fathers were rebellious against Moses. But yet God raised them up to be worship leaders. They understood the mercy of God and the love of God. Now they are drawn to God and they said, Lord, we want more of you. We thirst for you. Another example in the scripture is Moses. 
Moses long for God. He desire for God. He asked Lord, he asked the Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory and God revealed himself to him. And then there was an opportunity when he was leading the Israelites. When he was leading the Israelites, the Israelites sin against God and sabi ni Lord sa kanya ganito, Moses, ganito, I propose this. You conquer the promised land, but I will not be with you. I was an angels. I will send you angels huh? to fight your enemies, but I will not be with you. Go enjoy the, the, the milk and honey that I promise. I will keep my promise. Just go. But this, this is the catch. I will not be with you. Anong cry ni Moses the time? What was Moses cry? Is it, Lord, we will not move if your presence will not go before us? There is a deep longing desire from Moses' heart that even though he will have the riches of the promised land, even though the angels will be with them, most important thing he has desired is the presence of God. You know what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3? He said here, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He considered everything less value or no value at all. But the greatest value he has in his heart, the greatest honor is to know Christ. You know what C.S. Lewis described such passion? He described it as an appetite for God. Now, let me ask and ask ourselves today, what is your appetite? How is your appetite? Kaya tingnan mo katabi mo. Sabi mo, ano kakainin natin mamaya? What is our appetite? Do we yearn for God? Do we long for God? Why do you go to church? Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you study the scripture? What's your purpose? Do you come to church just because of duty or religious nasanay ka na routine? Or you come to church because you want to meet God? What's the posture of your heart? What's our posture of our heart? Do you come to church because, it's, because I have to serve, kaya kailangan mag-church? Or because I have, to, I have IBI class? Why do you come to church? What's your aim? Sometimes we forget the real aim and purpose. We come to church to experience Him, to meet with Him, to encounter Him condition of our heart. Why do you listen to sermon? What's your aim? To desire Him? Or to just to fill your head? You know, I've been reminded lately with this we have revival and the restoration and reignite of our passion for the Lord. 
You know, there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. I repeat again, there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. J.I. Parker said here, knowing God is more than knowing about Him. But the weave, the last part there, the weave of our knowledge about Him is no gauge of the depth of our knowledge of Him. The weave of our knowledge about Him is no gauge the depth of our knowledge of Him. It rebuked me when I was reading this. You can know a lot about Him. You are able to explain about Him. But not necessary that you are, you really have that relationship and deep connection with the Lord. I'll show you something. Last night, this is my library. Hindi ko na inayos. Kaya makagalit si Iwoks, kalat na naman. Sorry, kalat. This is my books. I read a lot. The reason why I read a lot, because I need to, if I stand here and preach the pul- in the pulpit, I must make sure it's tama ang tinuturo ko. Because I'm accountable what I teach before the Lord. I read a lot. Let me ask you, how many, of the, how many percentage have I read this book? How many say, here, let's do a statistic. How many would say that I have read 100% of the book? Ask a mind. Wala? How many say that? How many say would say that I have read 80% of these books? Ask a mind. Wala pa rin. Kayo yan sa YouTube. Kayo ah. How many say that I have read around 70% of the book? Ask kamay. At least may dalawa dito. Okay. The real answer? Eight uh, percent. <laughs> Mga forty percent lang. Sixty percent is display. <laughs> no, I, I want to read those books. I have a lot of books about God, but I realize that I really have depth knowledge of Him. I can stand and explain to you who He is. But not necessarily, I'm walking close with Him. I go to Bible school, I met with people, many of them are intellectual, they were able to argue things. We talk about theology, now my class is about theology. And explain why men, why sin, why they even discuss whether animals have soul. Pag nagdi-discuss na sila, hindi na ako nasuma, tahibig na lang ako, ayoko, maguluhan pa ako. There's so much discussion. But that doesn't mean that you have that deep relationship with the Lord. You know what really humbled me each time I would go to mission trip and encounter other pastors, especially those who are in Bukid, in mountain era, in urban. They only have this Bible, such things. But you know how much they have walked with the Lord. In this time we are living in, we have so many Bible translations. We have so many sermon notes we have. We have all the resources but we lack that knowledge of real, real, real relationship with God. We have all the translation, all the devotional book. 
but still shallow. I met a pastor back in the Mindanao. His Bible looked like this. But when I talked to him, I know he's been with the Lord. I know he walked with God. You can sense it in the spirit. Knowing God and knowing about God is different. And I pray this coming year as we have this revival. How longing, how passion will be real. Not just come to church and sit down here kasi kailangan dumating. But because we want to love the Lord, we yearn for His presence to restore that first love that we have lost because of the life that we have lived. Revival one evidence of revival is that awakening of yearning for more of God. And secondly, as we experience revival, it brings us to remembrance of who the greatness of God. It reminds us of God's greatness. When we yearn for God, it will also lead us to remember who God is. And that the things that he had done in our lives. You know, as I ponder on this text, I realize that wilderness is so important, important in our life. Why? Because in the time of wilderness, when we go to hardship or go to this life, it helps us to strip off all the excesses and to know what's truly essential and valuable in our walk. It gives us an opportunity to refocus to reevaluate and to establish our true confidence. In here we see David saying in chapter, in verse 2, he said, I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. Look upon means I have seen. What they have seen? He's seen in God's power, God's glory. And he experienced the steadfast love of God. And as David remembered God's character, he was able to gauge what is really valuable to him. And in verse 3, this is what he said. He said, your steadfast love is better than life. Your steadfast love is better than life. What is this love? God's goodness, God's kindness, God's faithfulness, mercy, and loyalty. His character. Who God is, is better than life. Life is how he's been living now he was comparing the two, God or life, which is much more important. David said, you Lord, is more valuable than the life that I have. Take note, David's a king. He has everything. He can just wish what food he wants. Meron nga siyang chiksi. Nahuli nga lang. He has an army. He has power. He has influence. But his conclusion is this. Your steadfast love is better than life. What he's simply saying, Lord, only you satisfy. What this life I have, what this life I'm living is just temporary. It's a short-lived satisfaction. 
it will be empty at the end. But to you, all the more I'm contented and satisfied. You know, sometimes we get excited with the new stuff. When my parents went back home to Filipinas, they took their CPF and they built a nice big house. Malaki. And they deserve it because they work hard. And I was so excited. I said, yes, I was in Filipinas. I had my own house. When I went back home, I was so excited. For, you know how, for how many days I'm excited? Just three days. After that, there was no excitement. It just short-lived. But natutuwa ako, but parang yun lang. Parang after that, yun lang. Mas mahirap pa nga pag malaki bahay. Pag nawala yung telepono mo, lagot ka. Nasaan kaya yun? Hanapin mo. It's just short-lived. There's so many things in life that would try to just satisfy you momentarily. Short-lived. And David said that. You are more than what I have, what I possess. And you know, in the, in the, when, when the land was being distributed to the Israelites, there's one tribe that was not given a piece of land, the Levites. Why? Because God said, your real inheritance, your real treasure is me. And I know that we are now Levites. And our real treasure is God. In the New Testament, there's a lady who have, who have tried to live his, her life finding where he can find contentment and joy. And this is the Samaritan woman. And this Samaritan woman lived her life with multiple relationships. He said there in the text that he has five husbands and the person that he's, she's living in is not her husband. So five plus one equal? Galing. His, her, her life definition is this. Her life definition is to, to, have, to find that relationship that would satisfy her soul. But even though he has five relationships and now he has the sixth one, do you think he will be satisfied with the sixth one? No. He will still find another, another places looking for that void in her heart. The only time that she found satisfaction is when Jesus came to her. When Jesus touched her heart and revealed herself, himself to her. Only then, she was fully satisfied. What is your life today? Are you satisfied with what you have now? Are you satisfied with God? Who is more valuable? Your eyelashes? Who is more valuable? Your treasure? Oh God. You know, it, God, God remind this time when David was, he said, Lord, it is you only satisfied. The second thing we read here, David being reminded of the mighty work of God. We read in here, it says here, for you have been my help 
and the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. In verse 9, you have seen how God rescued him. He was recalling the mighty work of God. That God is his help. That it was God who protected him, who have preserved him, who have rescued him from his enemy. It is all God who have kept him alive and set him to be the king of Israel. You know, when I look at this, he was crying. He said, Lord, you're mighty. But why did he wrote this? Because the situation that he's in, his son is chasing after him. David was running away from his son Absalom and he's in the wilderness. As he remembered the mighty work of God, he was able to have the true confidence in the Lord and not in himself. You see, David is a rightful king. He can just raise an army and defeat his son. He is influential. He is tactician. He knows war. But what did he do when Absalom come, came in to, his, to his city? David flee. David flee. Because David knew it's a lose-lose situation. No one will win. David can't kill his own son, Absalom. David knew that if there is a battle, if there's civil war, a lot of his people will be affected. There will be collateral damage. What can David do? He run. I learned something. When Tennessee, when we are young, we try to fight all the battles we, we face. But when you grow older, when you have more white hairs, more white hairs, when you grow older and more matured, I realize that not all battles you have to go face to face. You learn to run. To run through God. Nagpagupit ako, nanotice ko, may white hair na rin ako. Pero hindi kadami kay Pastor Dan. I learn the more you mature. When you're young, you fight every war. You fight all the battles. But when you grow older, it seems that I can't do this. I can't fight all the war. I can't fight all the battles. And here David ran. He's a man of God, but why did he run? He know that he cannot win. There are moments that we know that we cannot win. And all that we can do is this, what David said. David said, Lord, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. In the moment that we can never fight anymore, in the moment that we are check checkmate, in the moment that we are put at the corner and, and, and there's, there's helplessness and you cannot do anything else, and the only option you have is run, remember this, come to the Lord and run to Him. And He says here, come to Him and cling to Him. And he promised that his right hand would uphold you. You know, this verse lift up David, and I believe it lift up our hearts. What beautiful of this verse is this. Even if we are losing grip, God will still firmly hold us. All of us have limited strength. Kala natin spiritually strong tayo, that there are moments that we are weak, begin to 
lose our faith. But yet God is there to hold us and strengthen us again and lift us again and give that faith again to continue on. See, as we experience revival, it brings remembrance of God's greatness. And lastly, as we experience revival, it leads us to a genuine worship. Notice how David responded. As he yearned, as he remembered who God is, he responded by expressing himself in praise and in worship. He says here in verse 4, For I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I'll lift up my hands. As long as I live, not when I'm blessed, not when I'm having this. And he said that as long as I live, not dependent on the situation. He says here in verse 5, he said, My mouth will praise you with joyful things. He is not ashamed. Even though he's still in the wilderness, he's not ashamed to praise God. In verse 7, I will sing for joy. In verse 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. David responded in praise and responded in worship. And his praise is evident in his writing. And his worship is real and true. And his worship is a lifestyle to him. Not only because he wrote Psalms, but his life is, is being seen. You know how David retired? His retirement plan was not to live a leisure for himself. His retirement plan was to prepare the building of the temple. You read the scripture. He planned out yung mga singers. He planned out all the structures. Naging architect na siya. He also, all his gold and silver, all his resources, he prepared it. Because worship to him is a lifestyle. It's all of his heart. You know, at old age, deep in his heart, he desired to honor and glorify God until the end. Those who are going back to the Philippines, may nalaman ako a few of you. Secret na lang kung sino. Those who desire to retire. Always live a life of worship. Never stop seeking Him and never stop serving Him. You might bring a lot of your saving back home. Pero pag si Lord is not the center of your plan, it, is, it will just keep you empty. It will just make you empty. And those things will just fade away. But if you place God at the center of your plan, may it be business or so on, as you said, Lord, lead me. Like David, he prepared. It's not about him, it's about God. The impact will be great. May we end continually living a life of worship. You know, Pastor Ray said this, and I agree with his quote. He said, you cannot worship 
what you don't really love. Remember he said that? And I want to add something from that. He said, you cannot worship what you really don't, don't really love. But I will add this. What you worship will shape you. What you worship will shape you. If you love money, if you worship money, magigikang mukhang hindi ako nagsabi nun, ha? You notice, if husband and wife love each other so much, they look alike. Kung kasama mo misis mo dyan, no, ano, they begin to look alike. They behave almost the same. The diet changes. They talk the same. Because of that intimacy they have. You cannot worship what you don't love. And I add, what you worship will shape you. And the reason why, sorry, many of us, Christ-likeness, being godly, being holy, is not seen in our life. It's because our worship is something else in someone else. The reason why we don't, our worship is something else in someone else, it all boils down of what we love. If we love Jesus and we worship Him, we'd be more like Him. I believe that. If you love Jesus, you will meditate of Him and it will be seen in your life and you will abide in Him and you will bear fruit. Hindi mo na kailangan trying hard. The bear fruit will come. It will be seen. Let me ask you a question. Will you agree with me that true love is costly? Do you agree with that? Hindi. True love, hindi costly. Do you agree with me that true love is costly? Mahal. Mahal magpakasal. True love is costly. And do you agree with me that true worship is costly? Following Jesus is costly. The reason why we follow Jesus is because we love Jesus and we are willing to pay the price. You know what Paul said here? He said, They appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. When we grow in worship, there will be a transformation in our life. And the transformation in our life will be seen how we we live. Are we becoming more like Christ? Are we willing to live? be a living sacrifice? Living sacrifices means you yourself will be at the altar for the Lord. Not the dead lamb, but you yourself will be at the altar as a sacrifice. So may we live a living sacrifice. As we experience revival, we will grow in worship. And there will be a transformation in the way we live our life. As a summary, as we experience revival, it will awaken our yearning for God. It also reminds us of the greatness of God, His steadfast love, His great might. And lastly, it leads us to a genuine worship and a transforming lives. As I conclude, 
as I look in the scripture, I would like to, to see, I notice an, an, an observation, I have an observation. In the beginning, we were made to have fellowship with the Lord. It's a perfect scenario at the beginning. In the book of Revelation, we see that we've been redeemed and, have that, and to have that relationship with God. That's a perfect scenario. But in the middle, that's where we're at. We are still in the journey. We are still in the wilderness of life. But you know, at this moment of wilderness, we have seen how David responded. He turned his wilderness to a place of worship. Why? Because he, he longs and draws near to God. I don't know how your situation is. I don't know how you're longing for God. I don't know why you are here in church today. It might be just religious work or you're coming here to really seek God. I don't know, but God knows. But what God wants to restore as we go to this theme of revival is firstly, our love, our yearning for Him. But the good thing is this, God made a promise. He promised that if you will seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him. He also promised in James, draw near to me. And He will draw near to you. And in John 7, He says here, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. God is inviting us to Himself. And in the book of Revelation, He says here, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I believe today God is knocking in our hearts. Knocking our, at the door of our hearts. And he wants us to open the door so that we may come and eat with him and have that deep relationship once again. While we are here in this journey, pursuing God is never ending. But yet as we pursue Him, as we pursue Him, only then we find true satisfaction in joy in this life. Because His steadfast love is better than life. May we long for more of God. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you. Humbled. Because we see that our hearts, Lord, at times are far away. Many times is far away. But I pray, Lord, that you awaken our hearts, so that we may yearn for you. Awaken, Lord. Restore, Lord, the first love, the ones we had. Forgive us, Lord, that it has become a routine. 
of just merely coming to church, attending Bible study, or going to our campus. It has become a routine. But I pray that you will restore, Lord, that passion each time we go to a Bible study, each time we come to church. The real reason, Lord, is because we want to seek you, that we are desperate for you. Lord, awaken that yearning in our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. We have, we have been astray. But thank you that you are our God who restores. The same time, Lord, as we experience revival, remind us of your goodness. Remind us of your greatness. Remind us of your character, your beauty. Remind us the work of your hands on how you have preserved us and loved us, protected us. It is you who have brought us here in Singapore. It is you who brought us here in this family. It is you who established our homes. It is your goodness in our life. Your grace in our life and your mercy. The same time, Lord, as we yearn for you and being reminded of your greatness, may we respond in genuine worship. A worship that comes from the heart. Not just a song we sing, but a lifestyle, the way we think, the way we act, Lord. Lord, let it be seen, Lord, in our life. Transform us, Lord. Salamat, Panginoon, for this day that you are calling each one of us to come to you. Lord, we are thirsty. We desire for you. Thank you for your promise that you call us, Lord, to draw near to you. And you said, Lord, you, you draw near to us. And thank you for your promise that you said, Lord, if we search you with all our hearts, we will find you. We don't want, Lord, a Christian life that's dry, just going to the motion. We want an alive, a revive. A living Christian life. Lord, we want more of you. Oh God, have your way. Remind us of your love. Salamat, Panginoon. Brothers and sisters, in your own way, just speak to the Lord. After a word of prayer, as the worship team would lead us into this song, we might not be able to sing, but we can sing it from our heart. So we will take this time to say, Lord, we want more of you. Oh God, have your way.
Let's all stand and just express our worship to Him. our hand and said, Lord, more than ever. fresh touch in each one of us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Revive us. Revive us, Lord. Revive our love for you. Revive, Lord, our passion for you. Remind us that you are our true treasure. Only you, Lord. It's love Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your own way, just worship. I love you, Lord. Just the voices. And I lift my voice to
Lord, we want you more. To worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, joy, my you, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. Let's just raise our hands. You have seen our hands and our hearts crying out to you. We know, Lord, that it is you that will revive us. Your Holy Spirit working in I just sent some of you. God is calling you back home to return to His love. I just sent some of you just in the wilderness, tired. But what God's telling you today, draw near to Him. Return to Him. And He will refresh you with His love, with His grace. Some of us are lost. Return to Him. Return to Him. He's knocking at your hearts right now. I don't know that person who are you, but God is knocking at your hearts right now. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. And open that door and he will come in and dine with you. And be with you. That's his message for you. Salamat Lord for your calling us back to you today. Salamat We are yours. We are made for you. We are yours. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Let's just receive the benediction. Christ, dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints 
what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we will face this brand new week with you, filled with your word, filled with your spirit. We thank you, Lord. We worship you and we love you because you first love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you those who have joined us in YouTube and in Facebook. And it's our prayer that you will encounter God even you are in your respective homes. May we see you next week again as we have our service. God bless everyone. Thank you for joining us.